Alrighty then, hello and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico and joining me is... God, it hurts. Uh, Adam, I was reading your X's on X and things shut up, were shut up, X, shut up. X'd out and <laughs> I'm not calling XXX, it X. XO. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> oh, it's I'm not I mean, shattered and I'm not surprised, but at the same time it's like it's gonna be a tweet till I'm dead anyway. I don't know about you. You know what? <laughs> People have been joking about Axe, but you know, to me Twitter was broken when he took the bookmarks tab off the main page, but you can still bookmark tweets. So you can bookmark, but you can't get to the bookmark unless you bookmark in your browser the Twitter bookmarks page. This is crazy. When He's a crazy there, you, person. You mark it with an X when you get there. Right? I, I, I mean, it, it must be nice when your daddy owns an emerald mine in apartheid South Africa because you can be the world's biggest idiot and flush a whole company down the toilet and people still call you a genius. Oh, I'm sorry. I touched a nerve right out of the gate. It was <laughs> <laughs> put, put that in an X. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Open Source is a CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show. And you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. So we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world, and we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians, but this week, though, we're just doing the news, including the Ontario government. The legislature may be on break for the summer, but the scandals keep on coming, and we're going to try and recap as many of those as possible, and then Donald Trump is going for his third and fourth indictments in the next few weeks. Uh, So when does he get his free sub? (laughs) Sub sub joke stamps. Anyway. Uh, finally, Guelph is splitting up, at least according to the new federal electoral district maps. And we're going to talk about what that's going to mean for local politics. But first, uh, we were promised the cabinet shuffle. The cabinet was shuffled. Uh, I guess there wasn't too much for reporters in Ottawa to do these days. So we had like a full like 72-hour countdown to the shuffle. I was <laughs> su- surprised that nobody put up a clock. It's like, it's 12 hours to the shuffle. Um, Anyway, uh, the shuffle. Let's talk about who's out. So uh, Omar Al-Agrabra, uh, the uh, transportation minister, he, is, uh, he said he's not running again, but he's been kind of besieged because of all the stuff going on with uh with plane travel that he's been kind of getting the getting the the business for that helena jasic who is a friend of the show she is stepping down as public services minister carolyn bennett is stepping down as minister of mental health and addictions or i guess they did already because they've been replaced then joyce murray was stepping down as fisheries minister i mean all these you know jasic's been in there since 2007 murray's been there since 2008 bennett's been in parliament since 1997 Al Grabra has been there since 2006 um and then there was um i guess some cosmetic changes you might say david lametti who took over from jody wilson raybold in the midst of the snc lavalin mm. scandal mm-hmm. he's out as attorney general he doesn't have a new position uh mona forche is out as treasury secretary i'm not sure what she did to get the boot um and then marco mendicino uh, is out as the public safety minister. Of course, that a lot of that has to do with, um, well, perhaps allegedly, but he's been under siege lately because of what he knew and what he didn't know, didn't know about Paul Bernardo's transfer. Um, so there's a lot go. I mean, that's kind of the big out. So I'm curious, Scotty, what do you think of uh, 
Who, who's your favorite new cabinet minister? Is it Terry <laughs> Beach or is it Jenna Suds, who sounds like a Coen Brothers character? Um, <laughs> maybe I, I love this, and I'm not I'm not questioning his his efficacy at all. But uh, Arif Varani, who's the new Attorney General, who just, uh, you know seems to be, although he's notable for um, being a Ugandan refugee and you know coming to Canada and working his way up to to the Law Society of Ontario, uh, doesn't seem to have that much of a record. You seem to be like a working lawyer decided to run for office one day. Now he's the attorney general. So anyway, who do you like? Who do you like in the new cabinet? But, well, let's talk a bit about the optics in the theater of the thing. Sure. Uh, Richie Valdez, very emotional. I've, I haven't seen that ever. Mm. Uh, Miss Saga Streetsville, right? She's mm. minister of small business. So there's there's seven rookies, let's call, call them, coming up from the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting the call up and it, the cabinet's expanded by one, right? What is the, what is the title of, cause this is all fresh. I, I haven't gotten the tip of my tongue, the, the fresh portfolio. Oh, uh, minister of citizens services. That's Terry beach. Yeah. Oh, Terry beach. So it's, it sounds like Terry beach is going to have to fix things like the bad optics of anything federal from the airport on. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounded like yeah. when he was talking, he didn't even really know, but of course they're all putting on a good. It's a new, yeah, thing. it's, it's like passports and stuff. I figured because yeah. there is a ministry of citizen services in BC. And that's the kind of stuff that they look after. It's like government paperwork and requisitions and things like that. Yeah. So as you said, the lead up to this was, a f- was a few days mm-hmm. and something I noticed today too. And it was actually when the, uh, the tornado alert was on. So I didn't hear the, hear the audio, but <laughs> Adam, do you ever recall this walking up with the family to the cabinet shuffle? I don't recall it at all. I, I, I remember it usually with the first, when the first cabinet is announced and maybe it's become a thing now where it's, there is a bit of theater there where, you know the 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 happy new cabinet ministers are walking up to get sworn in. Well, I, just, I, I don't I don't recall that. It was a nice enough day to do it, I suppose. But it very very much theater. I'm just counting it. There's like 21 switcheroos, seven new people, and then <laughs> so eight, <it's, laughs> eight people staying foot. Staying pretty much foot. a new cabinet then. So really. I mean, I think yeah. that's. I mean, you also get the pageantry. You also get like. CTV calling in Vashi Capellos to come in early to cover it, and oh. you know you get that. You know, all the lead anchors come in because it's it's all pomp and circumstance, and you know there's a, it's class photo day too, and it, of course it was a nice day too. Um, yep. It's also the middle of summer; it's not going on. It's also a uh, we're trying to change the story narrative from like scandal after scandal after scandal to like no we're starting fresh everyone's new and we're we're gonna do it right this time kind of thing so i i understand the optics of it i mean silly though it may be but it's it's understandable fresh by changing the best before date to the what is it october 2025 and that's that's, that's the right. plan here right is yeah. to get all, everybody teed up everybody lined up for the next election so they're they're, they're working ahead for sure on this mm-hmm uh, as to whether it's going to have the the effect, that remains to be seen. I also noticed some of the uh, portfolios were combined. Like I was surprised that seniors was folded in with uh, Seamus O'Regan's other duties for labor. You would think s- s- seniors always, but these days in particular, would be something that would exist, which should exist as a separate portfolio. So I thought that was a bit odd. So there's some things in this that were kind of like, mm-hmm. hmm, what, what, what are you trying for here? Now, mind you, this... We will be having an election next fall, so 
I wonder if there's just a little bit of experimentation going on before the, the term is up, because this cabinet will be gone regardless of who wins the election, right? As soon as the writs drop, this this no longer applies, right? So maybe that's why some of the uh, the seven rookies have been called up just to kind of test them. And a lot of them would have been parliamentary assistants, right? Up until a lot of, Yeah, a lot of them have been. Because I know um, that, um, again, dropping names again, because this all dropped, uh, Arif Varani from Parkdale. Mm. Uh, was parliamentary secretary uh, for ju- the Justice and Attorney General portfolio, but <clears throat> very uh, very well regarded in terms of a legal experience. So it's not as if I'm, I'm calling them rookies, but they're not rookies politically. It sounds like that when you say it's oh, it's just some kid going to do the job. I don't think that's the case here at all. Mm-hmm. This a lot of thought went into this too, and that that's not really reflected <clears throat> um, yesterday when you know the people you mentioned off the top, Carolyn Bennett, etc. Mm. Uh, st- said they won't be running in the next election. It's not as if they were trying to present it, Algabra in particular, that they were getting out of the way so the cabinet decision could be made without them standing in the way. That's not the case at all. This would have, this has been, I don't know how long this has been uh, done up for, but it's not as if, you know, he's he's not getting a cabinet position because he stepped down yesterday. That's There's no way. This has been lined up for a while. So it would, it would take a long time to sort out, especially because this is like the largest cabinet ever. Uh-huh. Now up by one more seat, I suppose. Oh no, because one got folded. Some of them got folded in, so maybe not. But it's a large cabinet. It's it's thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. Which Whereas is you, you know you, you, they they don't need to be that big, but if you're if you're trying to make a point, then you just keep expanding, right? Well, this is usually the the warning sign that a government is near its end is that the cabinet is like almost like they don't want to do forty people because for it's like the three ninety nine thing. You don't want to say four dollars, <laughs> you want to say three ninety nine. So you don't want to say forty members of the cabinet, you want to say thirty nine. Um, yeah, it 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 does have a your your point about Al Gabra and you know Bennett. You know that the, the, these decisions weren't made in the last couple of days for sure. I I do think there was probably some matter of okay you want to announce you're not running election next next election that's fine just like wait till you know it's kind of like we're going to do this tease we're going to build up to it because they've been leaking like crazy the last couple of days i mean the strategic strategic leaks yeah yeah, it's all strategic but i i think there was probably some memo to to everybody who was announcing that they're not going to run again like you're going to do it in like these couple of days leading up to the, the cabinet shuffle yeah and there is some interesting things um like Dom- Dominic LeBlanc is now the Minister of Public Safety, Democratic Institutions, and Intergovernmental Affairs. It's like hmm, putting public safety and democratic institutions together. That's interesting. Another fold in, yeah. Yeah. Um, Minister of Sport and Physical Activity, Carla Qualtro, is is now the, uh, that minister. Um, there was another one that caught my eye here. Oh, Minister of Diversity, Inclusion, and Person with Disabilities, Kamal Kara. Hmm. So, I mean, that's an interesting one that you're you're kind of recognizing people with disabilities as as a matter of diversity and inclusion, kind of explicitly. Um, I mean, and there's also, I mean, in terms of like personnel, you know, Bill Blair as Minister of National Defense, yawn. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you know, Anita Anand as the President of the Treasury Board. I. You know, good for her. That's where you put people when they've done a good job. Um, I thought she was doing fine as Minister of Defense. Um, the other thing, in terms of like the people who stayed put, um, I mean, Christian Freeland, I mean, she's still Deputy PM and Finance Minister. I mean, that's still, you know, putting the stamp on her as the heir apparent. 
uh, you know, Francois Philippe Champagne as the Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry. I guess, I mean, the deals with like the whole battery plant in Windsor, and I mean, that's probably a feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Stephen Gilbo's on Monday is like, well, I'm still going to the climate change meeting, so I must not be being shuffled out of cabinet yeah if you're not if you're not recalled in the in the 48 hours prior then yeah yeah you're, you're that was safe, it, so we knew that yeah it was kind of a gangster way he phrased it though <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, melanie julie is still minister of foreign affairs um I, I mean there was a lot of talk about her like why are you putting someone like her in the in important important portfolio in, like foreign affairs it's i mean that's kind of a ringing endorsement about her effectiveness mm-hmm. as as minister of foreign affairs that she she's staying put so i mean it's it's interesting who who got promotions and maybe why that got promotions but i think it's also interesting who who stayed uh exactly the same also it, it, it's interesting too yara Sachs, who's the new minister of mental health and addictions now, like there's not going to be a lot of um a lot of interactions on like foreign affairs, but she is like a notable critic of Bibi Netanyahu who's been mm. in the news lately. So I thought that was kind of like a pointed, I don't know if that was a pointed finger in the eye to the, to the Netanyahu regime that, you know, there's a pretty vocal critic of his, of his uh, policies yeah, now in the Canadian was, cabinet. He was supposed to have an official visit, but I think that got squashed. So, or mm-hmm. deferred. And who knows if that government will hold looking like it might, but yeah, but back to, <laughs> back to Canadian cabinet news. Yeah. Uh, ke- keeping Jolie in foreign affairs. There's a lot of overlap with uh, defense these sure. days, yeah. particularly with the situation in Europe right now. So <clears throat> that may have been a, a, a bit of a pointed move to, to keep that stable as, cause they, they interact, but yeah, Blair, I, you, you yawn there. <laughs> it's <laughs> not exactly an inspiring pick for the portfolio, but I mean, maybe, maybe they're tapped out in terms of people. They couldn't, couldn't exactly put Sage on back in it, who was probably mm. yeah. one of the more qualified, let's say. And yeah, it's, he, I, I see that as a placeholder. He's just, he's, like I said, because this is a limited time, uh, he's pretty much just going to act as a filler. But I, I don't know if it's to promote that law and order a little bit a little, mm. little bit of that going on maybe uh so it remains to be seen how blair will do in that um i think he's gonna need a lot of backup though from from the rest mm-hmm. from it's, the gang yeah, yeah. It, i mean it, it's it's kind of interesting you know amit hussein is now an international development he was the housing minister um Who's the, uh, Sean Fraser is now the Minister of Housing, Infrastructure, and Communities. Uh, what was Sean Fraser before? It was Indigenous Affairs, I think. Um, yeah, you know, he not, was. Not, uh, I'll yeah, have to look it up, but I mean, it just—it's interesting. Just, I guess we're, we're kind of looking at. I, I don't. I don't know if the positions reflect sort of where the government thinks they've been falling down. Like foreign affairs, uh, as we've been talking about, you know. Uh, Melanie Jolie's been holding up that end. She's certainly well traveled, well informed mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, Philomena Tassi as the the Fed Dev uh, head, uh, Fed Dev minister. I mean, that's kind of firing and also like Marcy Ian as the minister of women and gender equity and youth. Um, and then you know you look at the stuff where, I mean, <laughs> people were just dropped out like public safety, uh, transportation. Um, or there's like the wholesale refresh. It's, 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 I mean, the, the government's making us, I, in, in so much as we want to snicker at Paul Iver, like 
kind of taking a victory lap today about about i mean i mean mendocino's out that's that's polyver collecting another you know playing card with uh politicians face on i mean have you noticed we haven't talked a lot about chinese election interference lately yeah it's probably still there allegedly yeah Yeah, Yeah. but david johnson's gone so yeah you know um (laughs) so yeah i mean there's that point and if that's the reason mendocino was i think that's unfair but um it very clearly there's a message here that we want to stop playing defense and start getting on offense again and it'll be interesting like are they i i there's no election rumblings about this fall and i wonder if they're maybe banking on maybe next fall or maybe even the spring yeah because uh, it could potentially fall earlier than that yeah so if, if it's, it's unlikely for, but they will limp along until yeah it's even money right now what do they think they're going to try and make it the 25 by keeping the ndp somewhat happy or if they can you know, just even hold out till conditions are good enough that they can just call an election and yeah, you know, or force an election, I should say. So, so wait patiently for the leaks. Ooh, the wait. Week before <laughs> wait for the leaks. Um, speaking of leaks, boy, has it been a bad week <laughs> for the Ontario government? They're not even in session. Um, <laughs> I want to do kind of like a lightning round because there's so much going on here. But uh, <laughs> first of all, uh. Toronto Star report. Uh, one developer has bought six of the eight plots of the green belt that have gone out on sale so far. White Cherry Developments. They bought $173 million uh, worth of green belt, 524 acres in the span of five days last month. And this is part of the Dufferin Oaks, oh, not the Dufferin Oaks, the Dufferin Rouge uh, Agricultural Preserve and Pickering. So we're talking about farmland, sensitive waterways uh, that lead into the Rouge National Urban Park. Um, it's this one guy, Silvio de Gasper, de Gaspis, de Gaspers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Silvio de Gaspers. yeah. Um, him and uh, a consortium of big money Toronto real estate developers. And so um, people are looking hard at this uh these sweetheart deals that it seems to be that uh, the the Ford government is making to sell pieces of our supposedly protected green belt. Yeah, I mean Ford keeps bashing the green belt. He called it a big scam, but the actual big scam is the exact deals that you're <laughs> talking about. One hundred percent. So much so the the uh, Attorney General Bonnie Lysick digging into it, t- trying to find out what what the heck actually went on. And the developers, the Gaspers for sure, I'm not sure about the other one that you mentioned, are going to court to try and avoid having to go in front of the attorney general or, yeah, the attorney general and say, you know, say their piece about what, what actually went on. So mm-hmm. why are they avoiding it? If they have nothing to hide, why why are they stepping back from that, right? Mm-hmm. This is like hundreds of acres of prime agricultural land that was locked up. And actually, some of the Gaspers land was locked up 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That he and and his group TAC have been sitting on for years, knowing just waiting for conditions to be right, which meant getting the friends in to Queens Park. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying allegedly because it's true. This is what's going on. <laughs> you know, you can cu- come at me, bro, if you think <laughs> think I'm making that up. <laughs> this is what happened. It's so it's blatant, and there's no there's no hiding it. And Ford does does his chuckle thing like, oh, you know. 
Greenbelt was a scam. And then, you know, somebody from the Greenbelt design chimes in and says, no, actually, you know, we did it because we want to preserve agricultural land. We need to preserve waterways. These are the things that we need to be a functional uh, province beyond mm-hmm. making money for your pals. So mm-hmm. regardless of wh- whether they went to the wedding or to the uh, stagand or whatever that was going on. But that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So and summertime, of course, people may be not paying attention to this. Thankfully, the Toronto Star and others are. <laughs> But yeah, this it's obviously trickling out. It remains to be seen. I I don't think that they will win in terms of not having to sit down with Bonnie Lysick, but mm-hmm. uh, it it depends, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, I need some somebody to get do more and more digging on this, and there are thankfully there are people that are doing that because it's pure BS. Okay, scandal number two: patronage is back. It's back, baby. Uh, Doug Ford has apparently decided, or the Attorney General, one of them, uh, to reinstate the King's Council designation, which is given to, let me see if I have this right, lawyers who have demonstrated a commitment to the pursuit of legal excellence to the Crown, the public, and their communities. Uh, evidently, it was in honor of uh, King Charles III's coronation. <laughs> 91 lawyers are in the first class. Uh, they will set up a formal process to name the King's Councils later. Uh, famously, I mean, a couple of famous levels here. Number one is that nobody's been a King's Council. Nobody's been named a King's Council since 1985 when David Peterson scrapped it, just calling it blatant patronage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, uh, several of the 91 King's Councils are members of the PC, current PC caucus in Queens Park, uh, the Ford family lawyer, and uh, several donors to the Progressive Conservative Party. So patronage, we did it, it's back! <laughs> yeah, shameless stuff. I mean, it's funny that it's after King Charles III, who is somebody who knows patronage 100%. So, <laughs> well, that's why it's in his honor. Yeah, pass it off as that but uh, ford ford's done this thing where he does this oh i I really didn't know i had no idea and i believe him because i don't think he's smart enough to come up with this on his own at all this is this is coming from inside the house but somewhere else where it's like how can we reward our people our friends good example carolyn mulroney she -hmm. gets it because she was the um what what was her portfolio transportation no prior to that oh she was attorney general before that attorney general right so so attorney uh being attorney general you automatically qualify for this i believe so anybody who was a prior attorney general i don't even know if you necessarily had to be a lawyer but it seems like carolyn maroney's been a lawyer in ontario for about five minutes yep she's never set a case in in this province she is a lawyer there and there are lots of people in politics who are lawyers that never do lawyering mm-hmm. that's their in right so mm-hmm. they just don't bother and she's she is one of them right that's not to say she isn't qualified to be a lawyer she just hasn't done it's supposed to be, you know, exemplary service. You get this, but that's not really, you know, if yeah. you haven't really served as a lawyer, then how do you, how do you get the gold star? Right. You it's, it's because it's patronage. It's yeah. so blatant. And it, it is as Peterson knew back in the day, a reflection of like when they, it was Queens council then, obviously. Yeah. We see those initials and then you kind of do, it's like trying to, it's like me trying to find out who's in the Panama papers. It's like, okay, who did they, <laughs> who did they get this? What government did they get this under? And it's just, it's sort of a, uh, a seal or a reflection of um, where your loyalty is. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And Ford can play stupid all he likes, 
play or is i'm not sure it's a bit of both maybe but uh yeah for, for him to try and soft pedal this it's just like yeah not not surprising so it was interesting to find out who really came up with it yeah for sure. some operative said let's reinstate this let's help yeah. our friends. yeah uh metrolinks at global news investigation they fired filed an foi request that shows that there is some friction between metrolinks and the government of ontario uh, Metrolink CEO Phil Vester feels that Queens Park is uh, basically running the show when it comes to communications on sensitive matters, including the Eglinton Crosstown, uh, the, the Crosstown Rail Project in Toronto. Um, he feels that Metrolink is being shoved out of the way for the government, the Ontario government, to take control of the messaging and the communications on Metrolink's matters. I mean, in terms of like blatant scandals, this is not on par with the other two but at the same time it's you know metrolinx is supposed to be like an agency of the government not part of the government yeah hands off kind of thing and it's 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 hard to avoid that you know i can't really speak directly to patrons with with metrolinx but there's a lot of uh finagling going on let's say mm. um i'm not i'm not sure how deep the queen's park influence goes but they they, they can't they can't stay out of it i think mm-hmm like the Ontario line is a good example, right? Right. It's like, is that really coming from the body that's supposed to decide where transit should go? Or is it again, going back to pleasing the friends when it was supposed to be Ontario place to, uh, I almost said Queens park, Ontario <laughs> place to the science center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what was that about? Is that really the best place to put a line in? Uh, but as we know, I mean, even going back to the, uh, Toronto days of, Ford and gang can't help but tinker with things like transit subways, subways, subways. Right. So yeah. (laughs) How deep does that go? I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, it would not (laughs) surprise me at all. Uh, Okay. There's uh, this report and this is a couple of things. Um, Ontario's spending on private nursing agencies has quadrupled since the start of the pandemic. And the Registered Practical Nurses Association uh, did a survey that says 60% of nurses are thinking about leaving nursing and that uh, their conclusion is that the healthcare system is, uh, at least in terms of staffing, is beyond repair. Yeah, I mean, this is the road to privatization. No one wants to admit that. Or sorry, the government doesn't want to admit that they'll they'll do that whole you use your web card, not your credit card. But by breaking, <laughs> but by right, but by breaking the system and putting money into what's essentially a private channel for it, mm-hmm. then they can just say one one to be like, well, you know, this the regular system isn't working, so we're going to stick with this model, and then it just gets chipped away and chipped away. Right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the same along those lines. Of what's happening in Alberta about doctors taking fees uh, to belong to the uh, to the regular family practice now. Mm-hmm. It's slippery slope stuff, but yeah, they're they're just they're dumping tons of money in it because they haven't fixed it by getting more. They'll say this: well, we're going to train more nurses, and we're going to get more nurses, and if they come in, we're going to you know get the get their credentials in right away, so they can start practicing right away. But that mm-hmm. doesn't fix the now, right? And it's been a long road to the now of breaking this. the The Ford government will blame the previous government, and then on and so on back in time. But uh, yeah, this it's just they're just dumping money, right? So okay, and last... it, they don't care because it's it's enriching somebody. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to name names because I don't know any off the top of my head. But you you just pull back the curtain. It's the same with the green belt and all that, and find out who is behind that. 
who are behind the service agencies providing the nurses. And I yeah. can guarantee you that there is a link to the conservatives at Queens Park. Yeah. I would stake my commentary career on it, Adam. So, <laughs> all right, last item. Uh, Ford Fest is coming oh, yeah. to Bigamins in Kitchener in September. We have to go. <laughs> are we, yeah, I was going to say, are we going? <laughs> what time do we leave? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to shine up the source mobile and wear my best mask. <laughs> Get one embroidered with a conservative C or something. Uh, just to, yeah, this the, the traveling show, right? It's just the carnival has finally hit the road. It's re- it reflects the circus that's going on, right? Really, I mean, stops in Kitchener, London, and Windsor. Um, and I mean, not for nothing, but those Costco burgers are tasty. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Of course, I'm- the the burning question does it fall afoul of campaign rules, right? Mm. I mean, Again. Uh, leave, leaving that aside, I mean, and, and leaving aside, you know, uh, there are reasons to go and there are reasons where, why it might be icky to go. But I mean, there are also reasons to go. And those are the, the tasty Costco burgers. I'm just saying. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Like you, you have some experience. <laughs> I have. I have. I do have experience with tasty Costco burgers. Um, we're going to take a quick break and dream of Costco burgers and come right back with more news. You're listening to Open Sources Guelph. You're on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And that was a band that will be playing the Hillside Festival this coming weekend on Sunday, July 30th at the Island Stage at 420. The band is called Balaclava Blues. That's from their album Fly from a few years back, and the song is called Green. And I should mention, please stop by the CFRU uh, broadcasting from the uh, community tent, I guess it's called. They're still called. I'm not sure if that's changed. I won't be there that, this year, but uh, I don't know. Tell them Scotty sent you. I don't know if that carries any weight at all, but you know, go visit our people there. The remote uh, broadcast will be running all weekend long. If you can't make it to Hillside, you can listen to this fine station. Mm-hmm. and yep. check it out yep and uh it probably maybe a bit too late for this week but uh it was announced on wednesday that Sinead o'connor passed away um she was oh. i mean she, famous for one song but uh she was also famous for tearing up a picture of the pope on saturday night live and boy did that cause a scandal it's that amazing caused, what causes a scandal way back. I, mean, I know it's it caused people caused people's monocles to fall on their champagne glasses all around the country. Um, this leads us, of course, to Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> <laughs> author of numerous um, much worse scandals than anything Sinead O'Connor ever conceived of. Um, I mean, okay, we're we're recording this Wednesday night. Thursday, the grand jury in DC is supposed to meet. It was supposed to meet on Tuesday. It didn't. So now people are thinking Thursday, maybe they're gonna meet and hear the evidence from Jack Smith's investigation. Jack Smith, the special counsel, is investigating Donald Trump. Uh this he's already brought the the one indictments about the 
uh, classified docs at Mar-a-Lago. This one's about J uh, J six January sixth, and uh, people are expecting that. At the same time, Fonnie Willis, who is the DA of Fulton County in Georgia, um, she is looking to bring forth uh, apparently numerous indictments in regards to Donald Trump's attempting to strong arm uh, officials in Georgia to uh, you know just magically find him eleven thousand some odd votes to switch that uh switch that electoral victory for joe biden so um it's going to be a busy couple of court weeks for donald trump if everyone does everyone's rushing to indict him uh but i mean that's donald trump's business donald trump is doing court stuff uh he's not the only <laughs> presidential candidate out there um i don't know scotty who do you like for uh i don't know Repu- uh, presidential candidate who's not donald trump uh faux pas of the week i don't know if i don't know if we just made up an award or something but yeah donald trump's business it is all about business really it's about how much money at this point is becoming about cash mm-hmm. and i was reading this week about how biden's running a very lean campaign at this point financially he's only mm-hmm. spent like just over a million dollars by contrast obama had spent 11 million dollars at this point in the campaign however mm-hmm. many years back so this is you know seeing as it's next year this is when people start dumping the money in and people like DeSantis has been Speaking doing of dumping that. money. Yeah. Dumping money for sure. It's dumping people, dumping people, <laughs> dumping money. <laughs> Making a dump. No, shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. 8 million, I think, mm-hmm. but a lot of the cash for these people is coming from small donors. And there's mm-hmm. an interesting little accounting thing where if you keep it under a, a couple of hundred bucks, you don't really have to say who it is. So you just have to find a bunch of people that will give you the one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't really have to account where the money's coming from. That's not to say that small donors aren't important, but it yeah. is this kind of cash cow that they can milk. Although uh, there's a maximum to it too. And supposedly the problem with DeSantis right now is that people are, if you're donating regularly, there's a cap on it. And if you, you can't go ahead, you can't go above that cap within a year. So they do have some restrictions beyond super PACs and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's for like the campaigns proper. There's not much in the way of restrictions for super PACs. And of course, there's, you know, we don't coordinate with the super PAC that has our candidate's <laughs> name on it. Wink. Um, right. We don't know anything about that. <laughs> I mean, the, the DeSantis case is interesting on numerous levels and, and not the least of which is, yeah, they're they're having money trouble. Um, apparently, Ron DeSantis likes private jets and expensive hotel suites and so does casey DeSantis, which is maybe part of their problem um also yeah to your point about the small money small money donors those are the donors you want because if somebody's giving 10 bucks here uh 10 bucks there you can always go back to them for 10 bucks whereas a lot of the high dollar donors like the the really expensive money people um that DeSantis wants to be um they've kind of maxed out their contributions to his campaign already which like puts him in a real sticky position because if you can't keep raising money you can't keep spending money which is why they're you know (laughs) speaking of slimming down the campaign is is kind Mm -hmm. of what's been going on there uh including people they've slimmed down is this guy uh nate hotchman who posted a Ron DeSantis campaign video with a Nazi symbol in it. Um, what? So, really? Yeah. So he's <laughs> off the campaign. Um, That's probably for the best. 
Uh, probably for the best, especially mm-hmm. on this week where, uh, speaking of Joe Biden, he announces um, the creation of these three memorials to Emmett Till and his mother. Emmett Till, mm-hmm. who would be 82 years old this week if he hadn't been horribly killed. Well, <laughs> butchered is more like it uh, when he was 14 years old. Um, this is, I mean, it, it's amazing. Rachel Maddow had a thing on the other night where she went like over the history of like this spot and by the river in if i'm remembering it's mississippi where emmett till was murdered um they they marked this spot at the river with like this one of these commemoration signs and for years like people were going by and shooting at it Hmm. and i mean i can't think of anything from 80 years ago i hate that much that i would go and shoot it i mean what what would I what would I go and shoot like the Emiko site like I hate the Emiko site so much I'd go and shoot it up I don't anyway it's I mean yeah. or, or, or the old barn on Metcalf Street where the first communist party meeting took place um for for like maybe a little bit more of a pointed example <laughs> but it's you know it it, it is crazy that you, you we we have these collisions of things of course DeSantis is on the ropes right now for um basically saying that you know people who were enslaved learned valuable skills that helped them out in their post-slavery life um which is now apparently part of the school curriculum in florida unbelievable yeah a little bit yeah, like that and i'm sure he thinks commemorating somebody like emmett till is a bit too woke for you know his yes. liking and everyone's liking and his supporters liking. yeah that's that's moronic when i heard that it was on democracy now talking talking about it and i was like so you're changing up the curriculum to say slavery was a good thing it reminds me of our our uh fine senator saying you know well residential schools were actually did some good like that that's the level of of idiocy that's going on with with statements like that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't know i mean you'd hope that people in the states are seeing through that but a lot aren't I, mean, I don't even think trump would say something as foot in my when he does it the foot goes in the mouth all the time but that it's just like well, I mean, he did say neo Nazis. There are some very fine people among the neo Nazis. Yeah, yeah. But but Trump's an, Trump's <laughs> I almost sound like I was going to give Trump some credit there. No, that's not what I'm doing. But I mean, Trump's an idiot, and and uh, Ron DeSantis has many things, but stupid isn't one of them. You know, he you know this is the thing that uh, the paradox I find about Ron DeSantis is like he grew up a middle class kid in suburban Tampa, works his but off to his credit to go to Harvard and Yale, goes to Harvard and Yale, enlists in the Navy, uh, has a successful naval career, is discharged, goes on to politics in Washington to where he is today. Uh, he's in suburban Florida. He's in Hartford, uh, Harvard and like in, in Massachusetts, Massachusetts and Connecticut, where, you know, Harvard and Yale are. Uh, he's in the Navy. Never encountered a queer person before, Ron. I somehow mm. doubt it. But of course, now he's built a sort of an entire political career on the basis of making life a living hell for queer people. Um, oh, and, and, and I mean, and among other things, but, you know, it's not because he, he has no he's had no contact with he's had to have had contact. I mean, <laughs> Central Florida in the when did he grow up in the 80s? Come on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Lots Don't of get me started. Stuff. So, I mean, he's playing stupid. And for him to get up there and say, like, you know, <laughs> people learn some valuable life lessons when they were slaves and being like, I mean, between the beatings, they learned some good proper American skills is, I mean, it's a little much. Actually, it's not a little much. It's a lot much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
it's demented. I don't, I don't, it is, it's a little, <laughs> it really is. But he is one of the ones that's going to qualify for, you know, going back to the donors for a bit. You need yes. something like 40,000 specific donors to participate in the that's debates right. yeah. to become a Republican nominee. Well, so to, the, yeah, the, yeah. The hot list is Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley's got enough. Chris Christie, and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Another. Mm-hmm. What is he? The woke fighter or something? He's like, that's him. I'm anti woke, and he's an entrepreneur too. So danger. Yeah. Anybody who just calls himself an entrepreneur, red flag. <laughs> oh, and Senator um, Tim Scott, who I didn't really know anything about, but he is yes. supposedly not supposedly he is the only the only black Republican senator. I thought you were going to say the only black Republican left, which isn't true, but almost. Um, yeah, yep. it's interesting who isn't on that list. Pence. Mike Pence. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's not he's not hitting it with the, the small donors. So yeah, it's or unique uh, donors. Sorry, they're not necessarily small. It's just the individual unique donors. don't. Yeah, in the case of yeah. uh, the qualification, it's unique donors, and uh, I mean the the question now. I mean, isn't so much can Pence make it? Is is Donald Trump going to bother to go? And I mean, it seems to be half of one, six of one, half dozen of the other, whether or not he's going to show up or not. I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to that there's going to be a, a Republican showcase and he's not going to want to be there to swat at all the all the also rans, um, especially um, Ron De Sanctimonious or whatever he's calling him this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if Trump's in the orange jumpsuit, he has to go, right? Oh, he'll 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 even appear by Zoom if he has to. <laughs> Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> Never a dull moment. Just about, just about. All right, so we're gonna do a little bit of local action here. Um, it was revealed last week. I was actually surprised that it dropped on a Thursday in the middle of the summer, but maybe that's because they they didn't want to wake the sleeping giants in southern parts of Guelph, <laughs> but. Uh, if in case you didn't see, I posted about it on Politico, um, and it, all the the other local sites picked it up too. Uh, Guelph is now split between, or will be in the next federal election, split between two ridings. So, um, working from west to east, um, parts south of College and west of the Hanlon Expressway, till about halfway through preservation park underneath the the sub developments that go from stone road and then up to uh edinburgh where it meets gordon street and then down gordon street all parts south of arkle to victoria and then um up victoria to an imaginary line just under stone road to the edge of town to watson road all that is now part of the riding known as, or that will be known as, Wellington Halton Hills North. So if you live south of Arkell Road, you are going to be voting for, a, well, I mean, we're all going to be voting for different candidates because I just hmm. uh, <laughs> Lloyd Longfield has announced he's not going to stand in the next federal election. So we're all going to be voting for a new representative for Guelph uh, in the next election. But uh, it is interesting because I think I didn't get a, I didn't completely slip my mind to go through the the stacks, um, but I think this is the first time Guelph has been split between two different writings in history. I think this is a first. Yeah, that that sounds right because I, I was trying to do a bit of digging too, and I couldn't find anything. But although that the the area that you mentioned was, I don't know, at least when I first got here, that was part of the county. Right? It was Puss Lynch once, yeah, yeah, Puss Lynch at at some point, but. 
But then again, I'm one of these people that still sees Courtright as the as the edge of town. <laughs> Sorry, Southenders. I'm not. It's just <laughs> not like talking about Twitter and X is like, oh yeah, is that the South End? No, no. There's this whole other universe down there with lots of people. <laughs> Scott, important, Scotty still talks about Stone Road Mall as the South End. Yeah, yeah that's right. Eastside Marrows <laughs> was the end. Was the end of town. <laughs> but yeah, it's so you're, you're going to have this. I guess it'll be the largest urban enclave within that rural writing sorry alora and Fergus. i mean we love you but you know the in terms of numbers i think it it will be higher Mm -hmm. um yeah and i in reading up on this i noticed they they thanked everybody who was there was the public consultation so i'm like i didn't hear anything about that it was in the middle of the election last fall that's why yeah that's why probably i mean i like to think i have we have (laughs) a finger on this stuff but i was like what consultation i mean i i went i covered it and i I know yes oh yeah but but it was but i mean it was like one of those things like i'm setting aside this time to not do municipal election stuff that night yeah (laughs) and we love the fact that you did that because it's very necessary and i I hopefully forgiven for my ignorance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, no, it's, it it will be interesting because, as you said, it's going to be well, effectively two new people. But it, you know, if Chong Chong is probably going to run again, so it maybe it's kind of, maybe oh yeah, it was it was he, next year will be twenty years. He'll be he'll have been MP for twenty years. Oh, okay, so it's there is a possibility that he won't. Well, also had three MPs in the same period. Well, I mean, yeah. technically the. You know the end of Brenda Chamberlain's tenure, but I mean, technically, while well, he's been MP of Wellington Halton Hills, we've had three yeah. MPs. Gross been liberal for thirty years, if you include like Brenda Chamberlain's. True, true. Run, also right? true. This is yeah, the Gross will have Bill been Weingard. liberal for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. So if, uh, yeah, that's right. Bill Weingard. Yeah. If uh, with Lloyd stepping aside, if um, you know the conservatives got a let's say a Bill Weingard level character, I don't know who could who hit that bar. Uh, it may be a different calculus for Guelph, but yeah, it's it, it, whether that will change, we don't know. And, and still early days yet, but I, it, it, it'll just be a matter of time. I think from now we hear the rumbling about who is potentially going to run things. Things will be floated. And of course we will, we will be on top of that, but yeah, it's um, the times have changed in some of the writings to the South as well. I noticed Milton's gone, right? Milton is just, yeah, that's another, that's an interesting one is that there've been a lot of like splits um, like Brantford, uh brant is another split it's now i wrote it down brantford brant is now brantford brant south six nations and um oh. the northern part of brant is now part of a new combined Ki- cambridge and brant um writing if i have that correct that sounds right yeah there's yeah. i yeah i was admiring the map for a bit and i was like okay is this <laughs> what where where will these lines be but yeah so the i the the count Wellington County is just this, looks like a giant square now, right? Like kind of like, <laughs> it was, it was like the block. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah so Georgetown I, is split uh split off from Halton Hills, so there there's a, a line that goes between Georgetown and Limehouse now. That and Georgetown is now part of Milton East, Halton Hills South, which is a mouthful, and then there's um Burlington North, Milton West. So those are the two. Um. Milton. No, nobody's going to be using their writing names to be hip, right? <laughs> like, that's a mouthful. Yeah, uh, I mean, unless we can, you know, use some uh, anagram or not anagrams, but like initials, like the hilt. Yeah, <laughs> the hilt. I'm from the, the square. <laughs> I'm BNMW. Where are you? I'm uh, M E H H S. Yeah, that doesn't quite work. 
Um, <laughs> it's it's funny that uh, yeah, it, it's what what I find interesting about about this is like all the new division. Uh, you know, it shows like the, a certain degree of like growth in these areas. Like Milton is another area like Guelph mm. that has like grown rather rapidly, and perhaps shouldn't be too terribly surprising that we're now kind of have to be separated just beyond the basis of population. They added another Brampton riding too. Like the, they split off part of Caledon and it's now part of Brampton, North Caledon. So it's just, um, I, I understand to, to talk about like the, the politics of why people are concerned. Um, I know that in South and, and Dominique O'Rourke, uh, one of the ward six counselors uh, enunciated this pretty clearly when, she was delegating at the town hall last fall is that you know people in the south end of guelph the people who live south of arkell are like finally at a point now where people in the south end of the city are being kind of unless you're talking to old timers like scotty are kind of being accepted as <laughs> as part of the, of the broader city of guelph and now you have this like kind of purposeful geographic separation i don't know how much of that will change day to day and i saw some people on line talking about like this this like change you know how resources are distributed i don't i don't think so i think it's just mm. you know if you live south of arkell your mp is going to be somebody different than if, if you live on the north side of arkell and i mean that as i say is that but i mean there is a certain identity thing that, that i think that people in guelph are going to have to work around and, and i think dominique's points are are quite valid that there is this there has long been this kind of like separation and just as south guelph sort of feels like it belongs in guelph it's getting separated in this very ethereal but also very real way as well mm-hmm. all to meet the what's the magic number One sixteen five ninety. so in the ballpark yep. of one hundred twenty thousand per riding so that's why the lines are where they are so it's not as if we have gerrymandering like they do in the states it's you know there's very specific reasons as to why the line has to be there but yeah and it, it's it's unfortunate that i couldn't say it was was kind of unique in the scheme of things like Guelph is just this one chunk in the middle of 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 <laughs> all of it i don't know how much it'll erode guelph's identity but yeah it is uh this the south end to some of us is still a bit of the undiscovered country right <laughs> there was always that the it was implied for years like oh well they're just gonna sort of align themselves with mississauga and south rather than guelph itself i don't i don't know how true that is i don't think so it is, it is yeah. a very suburban area and again i believe me i'm not slamming you folks whoever's listening in the south end like i grew up in the suburbs too so it's like i, I get it but it's uh yeah i wonder if there'll have to be some effort to create uh, there's a, a lot of character in the south like end what, what's that the... like there's a lot of com- character in the south end that i think oh if absolutely you, if you yeah. don't if you're just kind of driving through it on your way to the 401, maybe you don't see it. But if you're like out and about in the South End walking around, there's a lot of character. Um, and and I think that, uh, I mean, I, I know you didn't mean anything by it, but I think a no, lot no. of people in the South End do take it kind of personally when they're just kind of written off as the burbs. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of diversity down there, a lot of new Canadians, a lot of you know um, people new to Guelph. But also like old timey Guelph, like there may be people who've lived down that way for you know decades, and mm-hmm. I mean it, it, they just seem new because the area is like now finally built up. So it it it, I I think there, there's understandably a chip on the shoulder there that, you know. But I, I at the same time, it's what what I find interesting too is that they took the like the urbanmost chunk of Wellington Halton Hills, which was the Georgetown area, and 
cut that off and then replaced it with another sort of equally yeah. sized urban chunk in, in sort of South Guelph. And it just, you know, it'll make our jobs a little bit more interesting because now we have double the candidates to cover in the next election. Yeah. And anything both uh, federally and I guess provincially as well, they're, they're going to align with this. That's right. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So all announcements will have two MPs or MPPs and they will probably come. It's entirely possible that they'll be from different parties. So that should make, there's going to be one extra body at every single announcement probably that involves our beautiful city. For sure. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, people have been, I saw online on, on the post I made, like title taking bets. Like, does this mean, you know, a better time for the Green Party or like, I don't know, because, you know, I took a look at the last couple of elections, both provincial and federal, like the conservatives have a floor of like 14,000 to 16,000 votes. And I think it would probably be irresponsible to say that's like in, in one part of town. I mean, just mm-hmm. because the South End is new doesn't mean it's necessarily conservative, but um, it, within, it, sorry, go ahead. Say, with engagement getting lower and lower too. Mm-hmm. Like we're always in the mid sixties in terms of turnout, something, I think that's roughly the number for the past 30 plus years. Right. So mm-hmm. if that changes, that might change it up a bit, but mm-hmm. interesting we'll, times. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, before we wrap, you had a correction. Oh yes. Uh, Auditor general. Bonnie yeah. Lessig, not Bonnie the Lessig, attorney sorry. general. Or just, uh, there was just so much going on and so many titles being tossed around. I, I, <laughs> Started hammering on that one. So Auditor General Bonnie Lessig. So all right. I wanted to make sure we got that in. Yeah, thanks. Um it is interesting times, a lot going on, which means it's a perfect time for us to take a two week break. So yeah. Right on. (laughs) Thanks, boss. (laughs) So um that is it for this week's show. We are taking August third and August tenth off. So there'll be reruns in our place. Ask, ask your parents about what reruns are. Um, we will be back with a new show on August 17th. In the meantime, you could stay connected to us at our website, opensourcesguelph.com. We're on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire. And we're on X at OS <laughs> underscore Guelph. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to our show again, you can download it from our website every Monday at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite app like Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, X, <laughs> and Mastodon. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, if you're joining us on the radio at our current time, our usual time of 5 p.m. on a Thursday, please stay tuned for Turtle Island Underground coming up next. And it's one of the many group programs that you'll hear on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And as we said just a minute ago, we're going to take a couple of weeks off. We will be back, though, on August the 17th at 5 p.m. for more open sources, and we will see you then.